Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Buffalo Bills are set to head to the nation's capital where the 2-0 Washington Commanders await for a 1 p.m. kickoff tomorrow. Bills once again looking good on the injury front. Everyone listed on this week's injury report was a full participant in practice yesterday, except Trey White, who is off with vet rest. No bill carries an injury designation into the game. Coverage will begin here on WGR at 7 a.m. tomorrow with Breakfast with the Bills. The Buffalo Sabres also will be heading to the nation's capital tomorrow for their preseason opener versus the Washington Capitals 2 p.m. puck drop. Coverage of that game will be on our sister station, 9.30 a.m. WBEN. MLB yesterday, Yankees over Diamondbacks thanks to a three-homer outing for Aaron Judge. 1.05 p.m. first pitch for them today. Mets fall to Phillies 5-4 in 10 innings. First pitch for those two today is 4.05 p.m. Blue Jays over Rays 6-2. They are set for a 4.10 p.m. first pitch today. The Buffalo Bisons defeated the Norfolk Tides last night 9-2 at Salem Field, evening the current series at two games apiece. The Bisons will round out their regular season with a 4.05 p.m. first pitch today and 12 p.m. first pitch tomorrow against the Tides. Those games will be broadcasted on our sister stations AM 1400, WWS, and the Bet 1520, respectively. The 0-3 UB Bulls head down to the Bayou today to face the 2-1 Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. That game will be broadcasted on our sister station, the Bet 1520. That's your Paddock Chevrolet Sports Update. Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. I'm Tanner Saunders for WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. Hour 3 Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Tanner Saunders, we're hanging out with you for the next hour. And if you missed any of our segments, including with our guests, Paul Hamilton, our very own beat reporter within the station at WGR, uh, or with Tyler Dunn, he of the Go Long podcast and golongtd.com. Good news. You can find them on our website on demand. You can use the Odyssey app to rewind and not listen to me now, but listen to past me asking them questions as well. Uh, you could do all of those things and hear them and hear their insight as they joined us today in the first and second hours, respectively. Now, though, it's time to do that thing that we do. We go around the league. We find ourselves the weirdo game. And, of course, most importantly, though, we just 
break everything down, find the two, we find the dumbest matchup and make fun of it. So, without further ado, I wait for the glorious NFL music from Tanner to get us started here. In the meantime, 803-0550-1888-550-2550, if you want to chime in anything, Bills, Sabres, anything that we've gone over the past couple of hours. But first, oh man, this one almost was it too. Uh, we almost had our trombone champ here right on the first game of the schedule that I'm seeing uh, because it is uh, Tennessee and Cleveland. Oh, boy. If you give me another reason to hate the ten- hate on the Tennessee Titans, I'm always going to take the bait. But this is not that time, and I will explain why further into the segment. Uh, but, man, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, you hate to see it. Not Deshaun Watson looking terrible as a passer. Oh, no. It's almost like karma can be a real thing sometimes. Oh, man. I'm so bummed out to see Deshaun Watson not playing well. Oh, no. I I couldn't be more thrilled, uh, obviously. Uh, but I have to choose a winner for this game? Ew. Don't make me cheer for the Tennessee Titans. Well, guess what? Deshaun Watson is probably going to make me do that. And the Titans have managed to slow everyone down to the point, frustratingly, that Cleveland, I, I don't know if they get 10 points, the way that Watson is playing. Atlanta and Detroit, this one should be a little more entertaining. The Falcons are as chaotic as ever. Detroit still has some consistency issues that they need to work out. I feel like they should have won against Seattle, but they didn't. And uh, it stinks, but Hey, Atlanta, Detroit. I would like this game, though. Uh, Jameer Gibbs probably getting himself a a fun little uh, influx of carries, and they can actually use their first-round rookie the way that the Falcons do with B. John Robinson. New Orleans and Green Bay. We talked with Ty Dunn last hour, and he's loving what he sees from Jordan Love, and I don't blame him. The second second that Love has been taking the field here this season, he's been solid at minimum. Uh, They should have won last week. They didn't close out against Atlanta, but they get a New Orleans team now that is also 2-0. Derek Carr under center for them. New Orleans is as average as ever, despite the 2-0 record. I think Green Bay wins this one, but again, New Orleans is finding ways to win right now, and it's a little bit depressing. Denver and Miami. Let's see what uh, the Broncos can do against... A bad Miami defense, at least we've seen through two weeks. They aren't very good. Uh, But Denver has kind of woken up offensively. Last week was a big week for them. Uh, They finally managed to score more than 16 points, but they actually really looked good doing it. They actually had the offense in the rhythm and the flow. And seeing a uh, mediocre to bad Miami defense is probably another way to help cure the ails of last season. As for Miami, Denver is a decent defense. It's a stiffer test. But Miami has been able to run roughshod over good defenses, too. So I expect Miami to still keep pace with the division before the Bills have to take them on next week. All right, Tanner. It's time to make fun of these two losers. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota last year was a team that for most of the season had a negative point differential despite winning 13 games. How do you do that? 
by winning every single one-score game that you faced and hilariously come back against the Indianapolis Colts with, the, with what is now the biggest comeback in NFL history. However, Minnesota is now learning the other side of the sword. The Bills had a season where they didn't win any of their close games, and then last year they finally were able to start doing that again. The Vikings are now learning that you can't win every single one-score game. And now they're starting out 0-2. <laughs> I hate this song so much sometimes. But the Chargers. Oh, man. I could not have... I swear, every time somebody, anybody, picks the Chargers to do anything relevant and have expectations actually planted on them, the Chargers disappoint more than millennials disappoint their parents. I'm one of them, I would know. What is a bigger disappointment? Millennials to their parents or the Los Angeles Chargers to anyone ever? And the answer is easily the Chargers. I am, heat's off my back. I don't have to keep worrying about being a bigger disappointment. The Chargers exist. And that couldn't have ended perfect, a better pacing there. As we go back now to some AFC East football and Jets and Patriots being the next game on the docket, Zach Wilson is probably going to get beat down again. Um, New England is weird. They are okay, but they're 0-2. And this is unfortunately their biggest problem. The Jets, though, not having Aaron Rodgers kind of gets these two teams back in competition for last in the division. I thought that if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, it would be New England's basement to lose or win, so to say. Uh, now, though, Zach Wilson, of course, makes it a lot harder for the Jets to stay out of the basement. New England is a good enough defense, but their offense is still leaving a lot to be desired. They're going to get the Jets' defense. Have fun. That's not a fun time. Mac Jones is also going to struggle here, too. This game is probably going to be very boring. Not a lot of points to it. It typically would it would warrant a trombone champ warning, but uh, again, those two losers in Minnesota and L.A. are going to take the cake on that one. Houston and Jacksonville. Obviously, the Jaguars have themselves the division to run with. Houston's looking promising. Uh, C.J. Stroud needs to uh, be able to play better, but it's going to be a tough go. It's not easy for a rookie to get back into the swing of things, uh, but they've looked promising. I expect that the Texans can give a game, but that Jacksonville is going to be able to take this one easily. Baltimore and Indianapolis. The Colts, without Anthony Richardson again, it's the Gardner Minshew show once again. Say Minshew show twice fast and see what happens. Baltimore, though, this one should be theirs. Lamar Jackson probably will still keep doing Lamar things. The Colts are just not good enough yet, but it's at least an entertaining game. I do like that. Uh, I do like the promise that Anthony Richardson has, but he's out with a concussion. He's not going to be able to make it in this one. So it is unfortunate to see that that's going to be the case. I like what Anthony Richardson has shown so far, though. On to the 4 o'clock games. There's only three of them this week. Caroline and Seattle. Andy Dalton taking over here uh, in the spot of Bryce Young as he's dealing with an injury. The Seahawks should be able to take away this one. Dalton is Dalton at this point. Could he be better for them at this point, though? Maybe. There's a little more structure, uh, probably within a passing game with a veteran instead of a, a player in his only his third NFL game. 
But Seattle doesn't necessarily have the best defense in the world. Though the Seahawks should be able to go ahead, walk away with this one comfortably, and uh, and keep marching forward. Chicago and Kansas City. Man, the Bears have had a week, and now they get the Chiefs. That is the worst possible matchup that you could be drawing. Here, you're having an awful week. You guys look like chaos incarnate. It's a dumpster fire over there. What's our team on the field that we have to face this week? Oh, it's the buzzsaw, the Chiefs. That is... That's got to be the worst thing to draw, period. Dallas and Arizona, well, the Cowboys are going to be able to sponge up more of that point differential. Soak it all in, Dallas. You're going to look way better than you should right now through three weeks. They're they're probably going to have a plus 100 point differential through three weeks. They're at plus 60. I'd expect them to beat the Cardinals by 40 the way that their defense is playing. Yeah, this game's a snoozer. Uh, We're already done with that. Pittsburgh and Las Vegas. This one's a little more interesting. Pittsburgh's defense is doing everything they can to keep the Steelers relevant. TJ Watt is still one of the best players in the entire league and for some reason is underrated. Uh, how does TJ Watt not get the JJ Watt love? The guy is just as good as his brother was and he's getting none of the credit for it. He's carrying the Steelers team. He really is. And for a defensive player to do that, that's rare. The Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, obviously we saw them last week. If you try to imitate Bill Belichick and the Patriots, you always fail. You want to know why? The Raiders are the latest reason why. Oh, hey, let's grab Josh McDaniels, even though he gives us none of what the Patriots were good as back in the Belichick days, which was Belichick's coaching and, more importantly, the best quarterback to play football. But, hey, let's try to replicate the Patriots, even though we don't have Tom Brady. Like, what are you doing? I I hate that these teams always do this. And it never works, and it's hilarious that they try it, and they keep trying it. Give it up. All right. We've got two Monday Night Football games again, and I don't know how I feel about two Monday Night Football games. I guess I'll get on to that in in a moment here. But Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, the uh, Eagles, and the Bucks. Baker Mayfield off to a 2-0 start. You'll love to see that, actually. And... I've got to say that this one could be more entertaining than I'd expect. I hope that Tampa is able to put up a bit of a fight here. Philadelphia, obviously a deep team, last year's uh, NFC champions. I hope that this one's a good game, honestly. I, I really do. And there also should be another good game here between the Rams and the Bengals. Cincinnati trying to get, them the, get themselves off of a slow start once again. They did this last year, too and only went to the AFC Conference Championships and put a beat down on the Bills in the playoffs. They're trying to basically replicate the same formula or start and try to rebound from here. But the Rams are looking promising. I was not ready to see them kind of bounce back with such a strong start after what happened to them last season. Puka Nakua continues to be this fantasy revelation, by the way. If you picked him up, congratulations. If you drafted him, even more congratulations for your foresight and reading of minds. Uh, but there's no way you could have seen that kind of a start for a guy like Puka Nakua. Uh, but this is going to be a good game, I think. Both of these Monday Night games are probably better than last week's slate in terms of quality football. Um, it was a close game between the Steelers and the Browns, but it wasn't good. Kenny Pickett was terrible. Deshaun Watson was also terrible. 
hopefully we get a little bit better of quarterback play here between the likes of Stafford Burrow in a Super Bowl rematch and Jalen Hurts against Baker Mayfield. Tanner, what do you think about the two Monday night game situation? I think it's a little weird, and I think it's one that um, too much of a good thing is never a good thing. Uh, I would say, I mean, I don't love it from a viewer's perspective because, like, I'm flopping back and forth, which I don't love, especially if you're watching on one television, which is not ideal. Yeah. And you don't get NFL Red Zone to flip it for you. That's the other thing. Um, I think that it's just, if I'm flipping between channels, I have to have that energy at the 1 o'clock or the 4 o'clock games when the Bills aren't playing. I don't have that energy on a, on a Monday night. I've gotten through my work day. Uh, I'm home. I'm just expecting to go watch one game. And if I want to flip through anything, it's going to be the, uh, it's going to be like the Manning cast when those games are on. Obviously bills notwithstanding. I don't like having to flip through two Monday night games. Maybe it's cause I'm lazy. Maybe it's because, like I said, it's, it, it's a Sunday afternoon sort of energy that you need to have. You're excited to watch your football games and you're flipping between two games going on on like CBS and Fox, for example, um, when the Bills aren't playing. This is, to me, it's always been weird, but it's just another way for the NFL to make more money, make more with advertising dollars, being able to broadcast on separate channels. But it's just, that's all it is. It screams that. And it's not even necessarily an NFL wanting money thing to me. It's just, I don't want to have to flip between the two. That's just what I feel. That's how I'm feeling. It's just everything it is, whatever. I don't like it. Sometimes you get some quality tweets in, by the way, when you say stupid things. Uh, and this is no different. Tanner, the, uh, the Chargers quote apparently made someone almost spit out their coffee, apparently. As we get connected with our fans, it's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Uh, at Sam underscore Rotella tweets in, who he just basically requotes it, who disappoints people more, the Chargers, anytime someone puts expectations on them, or millennials to their parents. I mean it when I say it. I mean, how many times have, has my generation been in the news for ruining everything? Uh, I've got an answer for you every time. And Tanner, how old are you? You're, you're probably Gen Z, right? I'd 23. Imagine. Okay, yeah, you're absolutely, on June 25th. You're absolutely Gen Z. You're still not even taking any of the heat that we did at your age either. So um, we're just, don't worry. Uh, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. And uh, that's just our generation, and I'm okay with being the target on the back at this point. Why? Because I could turn around and make jokes about the Chargers. Uh, but, yes, uh, then uh, the tweet continues, I almost spit out my coffee. You're welcome. Next time, uh, be careful when you're listening to me talk because I'm going to say something stupid and it's going to make you do a double take, maybe even a spit take. Your fault. Drink your coffee responsibly when you listen to me. Because I am going to make people nervous. I am going to make people spit out their coffee. I'm dangerous like that. Baker Mayfield, I'm feeling dangerous. That's how it is. It's never conventional here when I'm in this chair. I don't know why I have been given the opportunity to talk into a microphone every week, but this is where I'm at in my life, and uh, you guys now have to suffer for it. You guys and gals have to suffer through my idiocy every week. Tanner has to struggle through it every week as well because he's here and he's on the board. 
He gets the brilliance of Howard Simon for these uh, next couple weeks with the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. And then what do we follow it up with? Uh, Derek Kramer, Sugar High Derek, uh, every week on a Sports Talk Saturday. And that's what you guys are going to have to suffer through, too. So you're welcome. I hope we're having fun because that's what it's supposed to be about. 803-0551-888-552-550. We had some Patrick Kane discourse earlier in this show. I don't like the idea. We need to stop bringing up this idea. Even the Trevor Zegers rumors made no sense to me because of the fact that the Sabres are giving up assets for a player that put up as many points last year as Dylan Cousins, and you have him signed locked up in long term. Also, also, you have Thompson and Cousins. What are you going to do with another center? Oh, yeah, middle stats there. Peyton Krebs is there. And I talked to Paul Hamilton about Krebs saying that he has the talent to be a top six center. The problem is it's not going to be here in Buffalo because Thompson and Cousins exist with long-term deals. And I do think that that prediction makes a lot of sense. I like Peyton Krebs as a player. I really am interested to see more of his development. But if there's no room for Krebs, there's probably no room for Zegers. If there's no room for Zegers, there's definitely no damn room for Patrick Kane to get here because that just makes no sense. At least with Zegers, he's 22. He's just getting started. He's on a bad Ducks team. They're thinking about offering him $3 million, according to some reports. Are you mental, Anaheim? What is going on? Pay your best player. At least get him a bridge contract that isn't an insult to his very being. Is Zegers a little flashier? Yes. Um, He's had some of those wacky plays, like a Michigan goal, the, the flip pass that he gave to Sonny Milano here in Buffalo. So he's upset John Tortorella, which is a huge perk for the case of getting Trevor Zegris is that John Tortorella can get all salty and old time hockey with us instead. And I would love to be able to counter back at that, but the Sabres have plenty of young talent. They have plenty of other guys that, Going and paying assets for Trevor Zegers, I don't know how much he elevates this team. And maybe it's a projection thing. Like, Zegers, he's been in 60 points in each of his last two seasons, and he's doing it on a bad Anaheim team. I just don't know if, A, there's room, and B, how much better is he than your 1C and your 2C? I don't like the answer. It's not good enough for me in order to give things up and signing him to a contract. I think, though, that you just got to worry about if you're going to acquire anything for the Sabres, it's going to be another defenseman. It's going to be more help on the back end or at least better help on the back end, as Paul had made mention in the first hour. I think that it is one of those things where They think that this team is ready. Kevin Adams saying earlier this week, I think our window is open right now. And if his words are to be backed up by his offseason, he thinks that this team is a playoff team as it is currently constructed. And I don't know how wrong he is. Yeah, there's questions about goaltending. Yeah, there's questions about defense. But he thinks that this roster is ready to to break the playoff drought, despite the question marks because they were one point out last year with generally abysmal goaltending. If you're able to shore that up and Devin Levi is able to at least be better in even some of the games that they 
that um, Comrie, Lukanen, sometimes Anderson all struggled in, you have a playoff team because it was one win that was the difference last year. That's all it is. But I'm excited. I You can tell there's a little bit more excitement with me with the Sabres than uh, with the Bills. But I think more of that has to do with the expectations. Um, the Sabres are finally starting to get expectations again. The Bills have been in them. And ultimately, it is their shortcomings in January that have led to a bit of a souring of this team, especially in the national media. But the Sabres are different. They are this young team. They are the young. They were the youngest team in hockey last year. They have been this scoring nuisance with this young core that is absolutely fun. And you love to see it. Who knows? Maybe they finally are able to break the playoff drought. And they should be able to because... Boston's going to be on a massive decline. Florida is going to be dealing with the offseason injuries. How healthy are they going to be able to come back with? They also have to pay for uh, for making the Stanley Cup Finals. They had to get rid of some pieces. Why? Players get raises when they end up going to the Cup Finals. There is a spot to be had. The Sabres almost had it last year anyway. So I'm excited. They get started with their preseason 2 o'clock tomorrow. You'll be able to hear that on News Radio 930 WBEN while we have the Bills and Commanders here on WGR. 803-0551-888-552-550. Who knows what we do next segment? Uh, apparently, we are not going to be able to have one Zachary Jones to uh, yell about college football, but maybe you can, uh, or about the Bills, or about hockey, or about anything in between, or about nothing at all. Who knows what we do with this next segment? I'm going to have the next five minutes on this commercial break to figure it out. So I've got homework to do. <laughs> but you can go ahead and call in. Keep listening. Hey, it's a free country. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to ask if you wish to join. Give us a call. Sports Talk Saturday. Probably said this before, but I truly believe you win the day, you win the little things along the way, you keep adding up, you keep stacking wins, you keep stacking wins. And at the end of the day, the team that raises a trophy is not because of that night. It's about starting day one of training camp and all these incremental little wins along the way add up to this. And that's truly how I feel, it's what I believe, and I believe that we're talented. Look, I think our window is open right now, and our goal is giving ourselves a chance every single year. This is the sustainable success I talked about for a long time, so I'm excited. Sabres general manager Kevin Adams. The Stanley Cup window is open. You love to hear that from your general manager, and it's not necessarily just like, oh, every team believes that they're able to do this sort of thing. No, it's also they have a young core that they've built, put together, and went one point short of the playoffs last year. So let's see what they're actually made of. Let's see what the Sabres are capable of doing. And um, unfortunately, we got some not-so-fun news from practice just now from the scrimmage. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin hurting and hunched over, heading back to the locker room in the final minute 
of the scrimmage. Looks like he got hit in the hand or wrist area with a puck. I would imagine that probably puts his uh, capability of playing tomorrow in jeopardy. Uh, I don't see Darlene suiting up tomorrow afternoon now if this is the case. Darlene coming off the ice with maybe about 10 seconds left in the scrimmage uh, after taking that uh, taking that puck. He, uh, he shook his glove off, holding his wrist. Several people reporting this, including uh, including our one of our boys, uh, Joe Yurden, uh, a very often frequent friend of the show. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll obviously get news about Rasmus Dahlin as it comes along, but uh, that's not fun. That's that's a way to kill the vibes. I mean, this is the vibes team, and uh, we just got back, and now vibes are down uh, a little bit. Don't like that. You don't like to see that. But I would imagine this is hopefully not a long-term injury, and if it is, well... That makes that defensive question mark a bigger one again. Who knows? But we'll see what the Sabres are made of. We'll see what they trot out for uh, their game tomorrow against Washington as well when they take on the Capitals. Tanner, the Bills, Commanders, it's, it's one of these games, though, that it's like, Oh, when's the last time that uh, you actually felt threatened by the Washington Commanders? The answer to me is not at all. Um, two years ago, they beat them quite handedly, and I'd imagine they have the capability of doing so again. And I just think that, again, it's one of these things where maybe the Bills are getting tripped up by the defensive line, but that's going to be it. It's going to be one of those games where there's some slight struggles, slight headaches, not one that you really have to worry too much about. As for the Sabres, like I said, there's a lot that you can talk about. There's a lot that we can always have fun about with both of these teams as they're both in Washington this weekend. So if you're in Washington, you know, have some fun. Catch a game, one of them, and then you can tune in to one of our stations for the other game. That's always a pro strat right there, by the way. If you're watching the Bills game and then you can turn on our sister station, uh, News Radio 930 WBEN, you can then listen to the Sabres. If you like watching hockey more and you want to check in on the Bills, and then you'd be able to hear Chris Brown and Eric Wood and Sal Capaccio on the call with our broadcast here on WGR for Bills and Commanders. So it's a pro strat. I love the idea. You'd be able to watch one game, listen to the other, and that's what we're able to do for you here with Odyssey Buffalo. It's it's one of those things where you just be able to get one, you watch one, you get the other. Or you can flip between the two stations and be able to uh, enjoy both. Hmm. Who knows? All I know is that it's a great weekend for Buffalo sports because, again, you get both teams back. That's the big deal. Eight zero three zero five fifty one eight eight eight. 552550. So what do you got? Anything here, Bills, Sabres? Well, here we go. We go right back to the lines and we get connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. We head out to Rochester. Luke, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. How are you? Hey, uh, good. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, of course. Um, 
Although I generally agree with you on Kane, it would be kind of an interesting story. It seems that there's no roster spots after Arcozo and Zergensen, and I don't know why Adams did that. Overall, he's done a great job. But uh, I would take Zergis in a heartbeat because he has exceptional talent and wouldn't be that different from 2005-2006 when the Sabres had uh, Jury and Breer as their centers. And the third center is escaping my recall right now, but he ended up, after they left, he ended up being the number one center. You can never have enough good players. I would definitely, although I like Krebs, I'd definitely trade him some other prospect for Zergis. Uh, Luke, real quick, I, I, I am fascinated by this because the one thing that's stopping me from Trevor Zegris is how much better does he make your team really and how much of an upgrade is it? Because Zegris would need to command um, top six minutes in order to truly be able to succeed. The thing is, is that are you going to reduce the minutes of Thompson or Cousins uh, for acquiring Trevor Zegris? And that's really the biggest question. No, I, I would shift those players mm-hmm. uh, in top two lines. Uh, uh, I, th- I think they're missing like their one six forward. I thought it would have been Jack Quinn, but he's injured. Um, yeah, it would, they would be lethal. I, th- I think they would definitely be division contenders and probably cup, cup contenders, especially if uh, Devin Levi proves to be what he showed. If he does that, and they have Zergis, they're really going to be playing for the Cubs. And now I think comes my final point here about Zegris and like whose minutes you would reduce. Um, Casey Middlestat's already that threat, a guy who can play center and wing. He's able to shift along within the top six. So it really does seem like, again, would you part ways with Middlestat in that trade? And how much better would he be than a guy like Casey Middlestad who came on strong and put up similar points than Zegers last year? I love Middlestad's play last year. He really showed he could be a top one or two center. I think he should be in that role. But you can never have enough good centers. Really, hockey is all about great players. Usually they hold the center position because they're good in many ways. So that's why I would really like Zegras if they could get him. But I would keep Middlestat. He can play on the top line or second line himself. Mm-hmm. He showed it. He actually, with better players, he was compelling last year Yep. at the end of the year. Luke, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. And uh, a little bit of back and forth on that sort of thing. I, like, thinking about Middlestat now, I do now have a bit of a... I hate to say I have a stronger conviction about not wanting Zegers after talking with you, but the Sabres do have a fantastic group down the middle. I mean, when Peyton Krebs is your fourth best center in terms of offensive output, you've got more than you need down the middle. You're not moving Tage to wing. You could move Cousins or Middlestat, but defensively it makes more sense to keep Cousins down the middle. Middlestat's the one that he can play on both positions for you. It's just, it's tough for me to see them needing to acquire another center because having Thompson, Cousins, Middlestat, Krebs, Tyson Jost, and Zemgis Gergensens 
the latter two are your defensive stalwarts for your fourth line. It's tough for me to want one. And again, Joe's probably takes on that fourth line center role. Gergensen's on his wing. Krebs is probably your middle six guy, a guy who can play higher minutes if he was ever called upon to do it, but the team doesn't need him to. Uh, you'd be giving up assets to get a guy that has similar point production to Middlestat or Cousins. Uh, guys that Sabres fans are not willing to let go of at this moment. Like last year, Casey Middlestat was a very interesting trade piece, uh, a guy that you could bring up in conversations about, you know, one of the first players that people would want to replace. But the thing is, is that he woke up. He really put up last year. And he's also only 24. It feels like he's been around forever, but he's only 24. It's not like this team has a lack of youthful options. When Middlestat is one of your older players on this roster, a veteran presence at 24, you really get to thinking about just how young and talented this group is. And that's why I don't think they need to give up anything for Trevor Zegris. Um, maybe Zegris is a guy that he could ascend to that next level, but you're giving up a lot to do that for another player that when you look at what the team has on the roster, it's tough to ask for. That's why I wondered about that report and why the Sabres were linked there. That said, free Trevor Zegers from Anaheim if they're only going to offer him $3 million. If the right deal comes along, of course you go ahead and take it. But I don't think the right deal comes along. Anaheim will probably ask for the moon and back for Trevor Zegers. That's supposed to be a core centerpiece for this team. And for some reason, they're not treating him like that. Why? The only other thing I could think of is that Anaheim just wants to start everything over. But you're going to throw away a 22-year-old center who is one of the more fascinating players in this league? Yeah, that's, that's great business, Anaheim. Stay winning, I guess. And by winning, I mean not winning at all and being a bottom five team in the league because I've, I've never understood it like the Patrick Kane rumors he's a free agent like fine whatever um there's still not a smart idea to entertain the Patrick Kane rumors but at least it's more feasible the the Zegers one just doesn't make sense I don't I don't know why Anaheim would look to get rid of him. That's supposed to be a core piece and he's only 22. We go back to the phones. We go to Bill in Toronto. Bill, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? Not so bad. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know where that that came from, Zergus or Zegris, whatever the fellow was thinking of. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense, like you said. Plus, to, to add to your your uh, your fuel here, um, we have Savoy sitting in the wings, waiting for a position at center, who's supposed to be you know a, a great prospect of ours. So we're pretty deep as far as even the guys in the current roster, not to mention the ones that are supposed to be coming up. What do you think of that? Uh, I'm going to even pile it on for you, Bill. I'm going to add fuel to the fuel that you added to my fire. Uh, Zach Benson's getting looks with Tage and Jeff Skinner in the scrimmage and at training camp practices. So it's not even just Savoy. You've got so much youth and potential in this group that giving up players, or pro- players, prospects, or assets to acquire another player that you basically... 
I'm not going to say that you have, but you're not absent of, which is young players lower than the age of 25 that can give you top six production. And not just top six production, capable top six production. They already have a lot of it. It's a redundancy. It's a uh, it's a fun little thing to think about because of the fact that, uh, Bill, to help connect that with you, um, there was an actual report from, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher the name on this one, but um, uh, it was one of the uh, French-Canadian reporters, uh, Lavoie, right? Renard Lavoie? That was the one that uh, had put the uh, initial Trevor Zegris rumor out there. Again, it's not a uh, it's not a thing that makes sense for the Sabers to do. I like this idea for plenty of other teams. You know who would love to have Trevor Zegris, and I hate putting this out in the universe. Boston. Boston should be the team giving up the assets to make that happen. Tampa, ew. Why am I giving? Why am I giving the rivals the universe? Like, why am I putting this out in the universe about rivals going and getting him? Should I just look at, you know, I'm going to look at teams in the West instead, you know, make it less gross. Uh, You know, Nashville. Give Nashville an exciting center. You have young, you still have good defensive core pieces that you can move around for that. I don't hate that idea. The Kraken. Those are those are better options of teams that should be going after a player like Trevor Zegras. Um, Columbus, after firing their head coach, I feel like the Blue Jackets need to inject some sort of some sort of decency into their lineup. All right, Eddie and North Tonawanda, you're going to wrap up the calls on the day. So, uh, what you got for me? You got to put all the pressure on at once like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just to sum up the Zegras, uh, I guess if you wanted to fast track, the only way and the reason why Boston wouldn't be able to do it because they don't have a Coolidge, they yep. don't have a Roseanne. Uh, if they did, then maybe they could go grab him. I think that's what Anaheim would want, um, an unproven uh, but high-end potential. And I guess the Sabres, the only reason they would do it would be to say, well, you know, you aren't NHL caliber until you're NHL caliber. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, we can say all these guys, the three guys, I, you know, our main three that I'm talking about um, are ready or NHL, you know, going to be regular starters. But you'll probably get one out of the three, maybe, yep. maybe two if you're lucky. So, I mean, Zegras is a kind of a guarantee, like there's a bottom that you can you can measure. So, I guess if you wanted to fast track, that would be the reason. But you'd want to know, like you said earlier, what, what he'd want in a contract. Um, and if it was reasonable enough, then I guess you'd be interested other than that, I do like what the Sabres are doing. Last season, I saw I was a little jealous when the Cat went to Ottawa, and but that didn't seem to pan out. A lot of the teams that spent some of their resources, like Detroit and Ottawa, uh, that we were kind of competing with, spent a lot, and we didn't. And it seemed to uh, pay off in Adam's favor. But um, I am excited about the year. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Eddie. I appreciate the call. And, uh, hey, quality stuff for the last call of the day there. Uh, I think – and honestly, a lot of you are feeling it because the Bills play tomorrow and we got next to nothing in terms of interesting calls or anything like that. I bring up the Sabres. I bring up the Pat Kane thing, the Trevor Zegers rumors. 
And you guys showed up today. I love it. I love every bit of it. So Sabres remain the vibes team. Hopefully Rasmus Dahlin is okay. Um, obviously we'll have the latest on that when that is found out. But we got to get ourselves to a break, wrap up this show in a pretty little bow for you all. Because unfortunately our time is up here today. But we've got plenty of action for you starting tomorrow especially at 7 a.m. right here on WGR. But we got to wrap this up with the next segment. Derek Kramer, Tanner Saunders, you're listening to WGR. Loving the yellow card for the final segment here, Tanner. Tanner Saunders has been doing an awesome job with bumps for the show. And I have to say my appreciation as someone that was on that side of the glass for years doing the show for Nate. Um, it's always good to thank your producer for being able to, uh, to step up and uh, to be sure to enjoy the fun as well. Sports Talk Saturday, Derek Kramer here. Last segment with you here. And this could not have come at a better time. Tweet from Paul Hamilton. Darlene saying he was stupid for trying to block a shot, but he is totally fine. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's not the smartest thing in the world to try to block a shot with 10 seconds left in a scrimmage. Um, but it's good to know that he's okay and that the vibes are back. Vibes are all the way back again. And it's good, though, to see, hey, all right, he blocked the shot with his hand. It was just a stinger and everything is good. Now I could say I'd expect him to play against Washington again tomorrow. We're good to go. And with that glorious, glorious news, that is going to wrap up Sports Talk Saturday in a pretty little bow for all of us here today. For Tanner Saunders on the other side of the glass, for my guests today, uh, Paul Hamilton and Tyler Dunn, if you missed those segments, you can always catch them on demand on our website at WGR550.com. We always put everything up after the show concludes and... If you need to go back and listen, go back and listen. Thank you to all that called in today, tweeted at me, everything. Uh, loved the engagement about the Sabres in particular today. And thank you all for listening, of course. Let's go ahead and uh, let's bump this out here, Tanner. I'm excited to see what you got. But don't you worry. I'll be back on the air in just a little bit of time. 7 a.m. breakfast with the Bills as we get Bills pregame started for you at 7 a.m. right here on the radio home of the Buffalo Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Have yourself a great weekend, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.